0: Praise the Lord. This is the 12th installment in a series of messages that I've titled, Who Are You? And the question is posed directly to each individual in the body of Christ Who are you? Because the Word of God gives us many answers to that question who we are in Christ, who we are as God's people. Today, we're going to see a few more of those ideas that the Bible provides regarding who we are, with the main idea being what I used for the title, More Than Conquerors. You are more than conquerors. And anybody who understands the spiritual warfare that we're in needs to understand, to comprehend, to fully accept that we are not losers. We win. And not only do we win, we win forever. And that's not to put us against anyone else. It's to let us know, in faith, we walk as conquerors, now and forever. And we need to comprehend this, folks, okay, because we're in a time that... It looks like is not going to get better. It looks like we are in that place that the Scripture says we will be before Christ returns. We're in that place where things could get ugly before they get better. My hope is that each and every one of you will take these lessons, these messages, and realize that you are the temple of the living God, that he lives within you. That you are those who endure the race that's set before you. That you are, because of all the things that you are in Christ, you are more than conquerors. You think of conquering something, you think of dominating or winning. And God's Word is clear because the Scriptures give us exact descriptions. Some are inferred and some are direct. We're going to open our Bibles to the 8th chapter of Romans, but before we do, I want us to pray. And I most certainly covet your prayers, folks. Father, we are your congregation that have gathered here today by your grace to hear from your Word. Please use your Word to reform us and revive us. Remove any misunderstandings or misconceptions that may have been planted in us by human doctrine, or doctrines of demons, as your word calls them, make us true discerners of your word, <clears throat> and make us true discerners of spirits, because your word tells us that we need to be discerning the spirits. Help us to accept nothing that's counterfeit. That only your spirit would rule in our lives and in this building. Use us as you see fit, Father. Please set us apart for service to you. That we would be your people. And you alone would be our God. Draw us near to you, Father, and as you do, draw near to us. Cleanse our hands and purify our hearts, Lord, that as we approach your word, we can receive it with joy. Submerge us in your Holy Spirit-filled word, and make us people of love for you and for our neighbors. Because this is the fulfillment of your word. Please grant to your servant that by your spirit, that with all boldness I may speak your word through the name of our Lord and Savior, the one we call Jesus, Yahshua, the Messiah. And all of God's people said, you can find that scripture either on the screen or in page 1742, and the Bibles there in your seats. It's Romans chapter 8. Now, we could read the whole chapter, but I'm going to kind of summarize some of it after we read the text. Beginning at verse 31 and reading to the end of the chapter... This letter was written to the church in Rome. The people are the church. It wasn't written to a building. It was written to the people, the church in Rome at that time, the early church. And beginning at verse 31, this is what's written there. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, is it asking, can anyone be against us? No. The question is, who can prevail against us? If God is for us. If. That really big word. If God is for us. Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? You see the difference? God justifies. The enemy of souls condemns. It's not God that's condemning. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who's interceding for us? Christ. Christ is interceding for us. The enemy is condemning us and Christ is interceding for us. Because God justifies us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Shall distress? Shall persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Will these things separate us from the love of Christ? No. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are, say it with me, more than conquerors. More than conquerors. And we'll come back to that idea, and we're going to revisit it through the message. The opening sentences to this chapter, the very opening sentences in chapter 8, give us the meat of the context for this section. It's written there, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In being the operative word. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are not under condemnation. There's no condemnation if you're in Christ. But according, excuse me, who do not walk according to the flesh. See, in Christ, we do not walk according to the flesh. But it goes on to say, according to the Spirit. We don't walk according to the flesh. We walk according to the Spirit. And that is evidence of being in Christ. If we're walking in the flesh and we're not walking in the Spirit, that is evidence of something other than being in Christ. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Free. Can you say that word with me? I am free from the law of sin and death. I am free. You see, believers are those who are no longer under condemnation because we have been set free from sin. We're not under bondage to sin anymore. We can't say, I have to. I was born this way. I must sin. No, not if you're in Christ. The wages of sin is death. It's written in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death, and that means eternal dying. Dying without ever being dead in that place that was created for Satan and those who rebelled with him. It wasn't created for us. It was created for those who rebelled against God. We're no longer under condemnation because we're set free from sin. And what is the law of sin and death? Sinners are paid death for sinning. That's the wages of sin. Sin brings death. But the gift of God, and here's the good news, this is the gospel. The gift of God is what? The gift of God is everlasting life. The gift of God comes from God. It doesn't come from anybody else. Sinners are workers. They're workers. Yeah. They're working iniquity. Sinners are working iniquity. And the wages for the work that they do is death. That is what they are due to be paid. But God's gift sets you free from that payment that you could not pay. There's no way out except for sacrifice, the blood of the sacrifice, because the life is in the blood, the sacrifice that Christ made paid for your sin so that you don't get paid for sinning. Does that make sense? You deserved to be paid for the work that you had done. Anybody who works gets paid. And in God's way of doing things, you get paid for everything. But he erased that. All of the handwriting that was on the wall against us has been erased. We've been set free. Can we shout a praise to God? Praise God. Praise God. He set us free from that. We're no longer under that bondage. And as that eighth chapter of Romans continues, it compares and contrasts the things of the Spirit versus the things of the flesh. The next 17 verses outline this completely. When we look at from the beginning of chapter 8 down to verse 19 or so, we see it's by the Spirit that God's people put to death the fleshly things. So if you're in Christ, you're in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in you. And you put to death the things of the flesh. And it's the Holy Spirit who enables you and empowers you to overcome temptation. And conquer the flesh that you live in. There's that word conquer. So you're more than conquerors. You conquer temptation. You conquer the desires of the flesh. You conquer everything that goes contrary to God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. It goes on in verses 16 and 17, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, so who are you? Children of God. And if children, then heirs. Who are you? Heirs of God, okay? Heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Who are you? Joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And there's another clue of who we are. We are those who are going to be glorified in Christ. As that eighth chapter of Romans continues, it offers a glimpse into the final part of our sanctification. The glorification. Future glory in God's kingdom. Eight, excuse me, uh, Romans 8 and verses 18 and 19 is where it's written, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The glory will be revealed in us. And the sufferings of this life, no matter how they are, no matter how much they are, no matter how bad they are, they can't even be compared to the glory that Almighty God is going to reveal in us. This is, a, this is something that we really need to comprehend, folks, because as we come into a time when the whole world's getting uglier and uglier, you know, I, the other day I was thinking about this whole mask issue, you know, how masks have become like a separator between some people and some other people. And so I, I don't even think about it. I I just do what I do because I'm following the Lord, and I go places where people are all masked up. And I'm saying, wait a minute, masks don't even stop viruses. So, what's this really about? It's not about stopping a virus. A mask doesn't stop a virus. So, what in the world is this all about? And then people are looking at me like this because I'm not wearing one. And then I'm getting treated somewhat differently. You see the look of disdain in the eyes of the people who are hiding behind a mask. They stare at you. What's it really about? The time is coming, folks, when you're going to have to make a choice. I'll tell you right now, you're going to have to make a choice without which, if you do not do what they say, you will not be able to buy or sell. And it's starting right here, right now, with this mask issue. Because now you see signs, don't come in if you're not wearing a mask. We mandate you have to wear a mask. And I heard one of the presidential candidates, and it wasn't the guy that's already the president, say, and if I'm president, we're going to have universal mask mandates. What in the world is that about? It's not about keeping people well. It's about controlling people. It's about knocking people down. It's about shutting down the church. And my friends who are pastors tell me, oh, no, John, you got it all wrong. No, I'm telling you, they got it wrong. Almighty God has made it clear. His people are not to do whatever they can't buy or sell without. We need to be people of God, and we need to recognize no matter what the world throws at us, we are more than conquerors. And we're going to conquer this one, either on this side of eternity or on the other. And it doesn't matter to me which side. And I don't have a death wish. I'll tell you right now, if I turn up a suicide, it wasn't me, okay? It wasn't me. I've got to tell you, folks, okay, because it's really got my blood boiling, like every time I'm going different places I see these people with masks. Like I saw a guy going down the road with a mask, he's only wearing his car. I'm like, what in the world's that about? Masks don't stop viruses. Oh well you're hateful because you don't care about other people. I'm not sick. And if I get sick, maybe I'll wear a mask. I don't know how I'll preach with a mask on. It's nutty, but you are more than conquerors, even over this issue. It doesn't matter what the world throws at you. Set your mind on things above. It's written in Colossians chapter three, not on things on the earth. For you died; you already died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You're not of this world. That was one of the messages in this series. You're not of this world. You're passing through. You're strangers. You're pilgrims. When Christ, who is our life, appears, now hear this, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's the future glorification of the soul that has accepted Christ as its Lord. We are glorified in, by, and through Christ. It is not our work. It's not what we're doing. It's all about Him. Therefore, we're still in Colossians chapter 3, put to death your members which are on earth, and here's the things he's referring to, fornication uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Do you know any form of addiction is covetousness? Do you know it's idolatry? Do you know that? Any type, any at all. Give up those things. That's what the Scripture says, all right? Because you will appear with him in glory when he returns. This is who you are. You are in Christ. You are a part of Christ. Christ is a part of you. In the first chapter, Paul's second letter to the church in Thessalonica, we find insight on this matter also. It's a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. Now, I'm not asking you to get happy about that, but it is a fact that those who trouble you are going to be repaid with tribulation greater than anything they can do to you. You are more than conquerors. I know that's not like what you want to hear when you're in tribulation or when you're in a trial, whenever things are really falling apart because everybody wants you to do whatever they want you to do, and it's all craziness. No, it doesn't make you feel better to know that they're going to be punished for it. No, that doesn't make you feel better, but it's a fact. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Inflaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord, Yahshua Messiah, his real name, the one we call Jesus. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day, To be glorified in his saints. He is going to be glorified in his saints. Are you one of his saints? Oh, who are you? Last week we talked about you being saints, right? You are saints. Not the dead folks that have been named saints. Yes, they may be also, but they're not the only ones. You don't have to die to become a saint. You are a saint of God whenever you come into Christ. And he's going to be glorified in you. Think about that. He's going to be glorified in His saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. And here's Paul writing to the church, to the people in Thessalonica in his second letter. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it is written, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace of that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Yahshua, Messiah. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you. So you have grace because God has forgiven you through His sacrifice, but there's more grace to be brought to you. Thus it is written, Thus says the Lord at the revelation of our Lord and Savior, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. We are more than conquerors through Christ within us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Does that mean they won't come against you? I can testify that's not uh, that's not what it means. They do come against you. They come against you because you're with him, and they're coming against him. We conquer sin. We conquer temptation. We conquer evil desires. We're more than conquerors of the flesh. We are more than conquerors of this life. We are more than conquerors of the enemies of Christ. In the end, see... Not always here, because there are lots of people that testify because they've had to give their lives because the enemies of the cross have killed them. All right? And I'm telling you, folks, I don't like to give a message like this, but I have to tell you, okay, the world is in a state right now where we may be the last generations of Christians on this land if we don't stand up and stand for Christ. We must share the gospel. We must get souls converted. We must do what it is that we are called to do because we are, in fact, ambassadors for the kingdom of God, bringing that kingdom to bear here on earth. I don't like to say that, but the way it looks right now, You have an ungodly bunch of people that are ruling and they want to continue to usurp the power of almighty God that has been vested in his people. And let me tell you, folks, there's going to come a time when this building will be unoccupied, not because you all don't want to worship, because it won't be safe to worship in this building. We need to be people who are prepared to know who we are in Christ. We need to be people who know that we are the ones who are called to do his work. Whether it's in a building like this or it's out somewhere else, maybe in our own homes. And it might be two or three who are gathered together and he'll be in the midst. We need not to be afraid of all these things that are coming upon the world. We need to be strong in our faith. We need to recognize that we are more than conquerors in him who loved us first. That's the key. If we get that, it won't matter what the world does. It won't matter what the world says. It won't matter what our flesh drives us to do. Because let me tell you, when you get that heavenly consciousness, when you get that eternal perspective, nothing else matters. You don't want to do anything that goes against God. You want to live for Him. You want to serve Him. You want to be His completely absorbed in God. Think about that. We're God's fellow workers. That's what's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. You're God's field. You're God's building. There's three more right there. Who are you? You're God's fellow workers. You're God's field. You're God's building. The Scripture's clear, folks. You're not just an individual living on this planet all by yourself. You are God's. You belong to him. Three descriptions right there in one sentence. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, we hear something that we are. We are to God the fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of Christ? Among those who are being saved... And among those who are perishing. To the one, we're the aroma of death leading to death. Because we are the picture of life and they are living in death. Does that make sense? They're living in death. They're already dead. Even though they're physically alive, they're spiritually dead. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. Who are you? You're the fragrance of Christ to God. You are the aroma of life leading to life. It doesn't matter if it's one or two or three or five or ten of you. You are this when you gather together, remember, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Last Resurrection Day, we had a handful of people here, and I said, I will not lock the doors. And I didn't. We kept the doors open, people came, we worshipped, and we'll continue to do that. But it doesn't matter if there's two of you, or three of you, or five of you, or ten of you, it doesn't matter to me. This is a house of worship. This is a house of prayer. This is a house of praise. And there are no spirits permitted to be in this building except the spirit of the living God. That is what God has shown me absolutely, perfectly clear. There is no other spirit permitted in this building. They're given notice. They don't belong here. We're not going to welcome them here. We're not going to let them here. We're not going to tolerate them here. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, we hear this, Walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma, the fragrance of Christ. Listen, that came from Leviticus. For all of our brothers and sisters that don't like to think that we're beholden to the Old Testament. It's written in the New Testament. You see, because it refers to the priest who would burn sacrifices on the altar as an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma unto God. Leviticus chapter 3 and verse 16. Christ is our high priest who has given himself as the sacrifice He didn't just burn something. He didn't just bring something to God. He gave himself as the sacrifice. And he tells us that our lives given to him is our reasonable service in return. He's our high priest. He's translated us from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. And it's an eternal kingdom. And that is what makes us more than conquerors. More than conquerors. He conquered physical death. And it's written in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10 that our Savior has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He abolished death for everyone. Did he abolish death for everyone? Or did he abolish death for those who would accept his sacrifice? And these are the ones that he has known since the foundation of the earth. He abolished death, and he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Because he conquered physical death, so shall we. Do you understand that? Physical death is not the end here. It's just the beginning of the rest of our existence. And so don't get so locked into this life that you think that somehow it's going to be over if you stop existing in this planet that we live on it's not the end it's the beginning he abolished death he conquered physical death and so will we and his workers all of his workers those who serve him are more than conquerors It's written in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. And we are to be those who love one another. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And we know that we abide in life. In Revelation chapter 2, in verse 10, it is written, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. That was then. But it applies to now. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. That's the glorification. That's the conquering. We conquer. We will come back with Christ to rule here on earth. I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds around, but it's what his word says. Do not fear those things which you are about to suffer. He lives and reigns within us. He's the ruler of our lives. He delivers us from evil forever after this life is over. He delivers us from evil. Can you say that with me? He delivers us from evil. He delivers us from evil forever. He makes us more than conquerors now and forever. If God is for us, who can be against us? Thus it is written. For this sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. That refers to Psalm 44:22, and that's in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 8. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And then in Isaiah chapter 25, hear what's written there. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of His people He will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God, we have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him, we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. In that day, you see, we are more than conquerors now, and in that day, we will express that we won by rejoicing in our salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it is written, So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victories, quoting Isaiah 25, 8, which we just read from. That's in 1 Corinthians, which, for those of you who aren't real familiar with your Bible, that's in the New Testament Scriptures, quoting the Old Testament Scriptures. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? And there he's quoting Hosea chapter 13 and verse 14. But thanks be to God, it's written in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord, Yahshua Messiah. Faith is the victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ. By this... You know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yahshua Messiah has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Yahshua Messiah has come in the flesh is not of God. Thus it is written in 1 John chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. And this is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Overcome who? The Spirit's. You have overcome. You are more than overcomers. You've overcome because you no longer succumb to sin. You overcome because you resist the devil and he must flee. You overcome because you resist your very flesh that you reside in and the desires of the flesh. You quell. You put them down. You live by the Spirit instead. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. This is how you overcome. You overcome by he who is in you. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And it's written in Revelation chapter 12, and I'm about to wrap it up, folks. I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who's the accuser of our brethren? Satan is. Who accused them before our God day and night. How often? How often? day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood, overcame him, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Don't get so caught up in this life that you think you have to continue living it. If you walk by faith and not by sight, you continue to do what you know is right by Almighty God because His Spirit, who lives within you, gives you clues as to what that is. It's that still small voice that a lot of people don't even hear from anymore. In fact, they say you don't hear from Him anymore. Some people will tell me, you don't hear from God anymore. And I've heard preachers say that, and I say, well, wait a minute. God in His Word says His still small voice, that's His voice, that's the Spirit's voice. He will speak to you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will take you along His path, and that's the righteous path. It's that narrow path. It's not the wide one that everybody else is on. As I wrap this up, I I want you to answer that question, who are you? With the biblical message from Romans 8.37. Who are you? More than conquerors. Please say that with me. Who are you? More than conquerors. Who are you? More than conquerors. Who are you? One more time. More than conquerors. We conquer all of those things of the flesh. We conquer all of those things of temptation. We conquer all of those things that once had us held captive by Christ in us. Walk in this truth. No matter what this life throws at you, walk in this truth. No matter what the world does, walk in this truth. No matter what your flesh tries to get you to do, walk in this truth. No matter what the enemy of souls does, walk in this truth. You are more than conquerors. Eternally. This is something you need to comprehend, folks. You need to get it, because if you're facing a choice between Christ and this life, you need to make the right choice. All who take that mark will not be conquerors. Oh, you might get a few extra days or weeks or months or years, but in the end, you will not conquer. By Christ in you... You have hope of everlasting life. That makes you the conqueror. And more than a conqueror. Because in Christ, you win. Now and forever. He's the one who makes it possible for you to be more than conquerors. So remember to give Him the glory. It's not you. It's not your work. It's not your will. It's not your way. It's all about Him. He's the one that makes you More than conquerors. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are your people, those of us who believe, those of us who walk by faith and not by sight. Help us, Lord. We are in perilous times, as your word tells us we will be. And there are many who are denying this, and yet, Father, it is so clear. No matter how things turn out from now till next year at this time, we know that we can walk with you, we can talk with you, we can hear from you, we can study your word, we can pray, we can fellowship one with another. Help us always to realize that we are more than conquerors through you who first loved us. I pray this in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I guess we can receive an offering if that's okay with everybody.